All right. You guys ready? I don't want to interrupt you guys, but uh, you guys ready? All right. Well, good morning. And then good morning to those of you um, who are with us online or those of you who will eventually watch this online. Um, really thankful that we have the opportunity to once again um, gather here on Sunday mornings as the church and to be able to worship the Lord through song, through lyric, through praise, and then now to be able to study his word together. And so before you guys, um, before we get into God's word this morning, I have a couple of announcements for us. First announcement is this Wednesday evening, we have our Know and Grow um, group. Pastor Samuel is going to be teaching um, this Wednesday evening, and he's going to be doing a message that he's titled uh, Jesus and Relationships. And so, um, not Jesus had a relationship like he was trying to hook up, but Jesus and relationships. We're going to go into, I I just want to make sure that's clear so that you guys aren't thinking we're teaching some weird stuff here. So, Jesus and relationships. And so, he's going to go into the Gospels and uh, take a look at the way that Jesus um, had relationships, the way that he engaged with people, and the relationships that he built um, with people. And so... I think it's going to be kind of a, without even him knowing, I think it's going to actually be the perfect little cherry on top to what we're going to talk about this morning. So I feel like um, between what Anthony shared this past Wednesday, what we're going to talk about this morning, and then what Pastor Sam is going to talk about on Wednesday, it literally, it's almost like a little series that all kind of ties together. So I encourage you guys to come out this Wednesday evening for Know and Grow, 7 p.m. Hopefully we'll see you here. And then also the other announcement that we have going on this morning is this Friday evening, those of you that are married, we have our next uh, marriage grow group. And so um, this one's extra special because we have some special guests that are going to be joining us, Pastor Dennis and Sue Mascardo. How many guys know them? Okay, I know most of you guys know them. Some, I know we got at least one couple here who's been married by them or by him. Anybody else get married? Pastor Dennis, do your wedding? Okay, so I know, oh, you two, you guys. Okay, so we got two couples, and then Enrique um, and Tina. I know Pastor Dennis did your guys' wedding as well. So uh, Pastor Dennis is a very special friend uh, for all of us. And Sue, if you guys know Sue, Sue's uh, pretty amazing. And so um, they're just a wonderful couple. Did he do your wedding too? Okay, so we got three couples. Um, Huh? Did he? Oh, yeah, no, my bad. (laughs) Uh, my bad. No. Yeah, he did. I forgot. <laughs> I, I, there, there's pictures. There's pictures. So, uh, he did ours. Okay. He well, he was he was single at the time we got married, so he didn't do our premarital counseling, but he actually did do the ceremony. So now, uh, and he was my best man. So, <laughs> I don't even remember him there. But okay. anyways, wow. I'm looking around like, Anthony, speak up. He did your wedding. And then Christina's looking at me like, and I'm like, what? What are you trying to say? But anyways, yes, he did my wedding too. And he also happened to be my best man. So, um, yes, he's very near and dear to uh, many of us here. So, But, no, he was single. And so Pastor Don did our marriage count, our premarital counseling, but Dennis did the actual ceremony. That's why I'm, I'm confused. Okay, so. Anyways, but yeah, we, we're, we're, we're big fans of Pastor Dennis around here. So, 
All right. So anyways, I encourage you guys to come out this Friday night. And when we're here, I'm going to pretend like this didn't happen. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to be talking like, man, this guy did my wedding. I got the pictures. I remember it. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to boast them up. So anyways, so, um, so don't you guys uh, give it away that I forgot <laughs> that this moment happened. Okay. So this Friday night, 7 p.m., It'll be a wonderful time, and I pray that you guys can make it out. All right, if you have your Bibles this morning, um, go with me over to John chapter 20. John chapter 20. You know what's crazy? Christina's usually in children's. If she wasn't, if she was doing children's ministry this morning, that would have, yeah, that would, yeah, to correct me. So that would have, that would have not happened right now. So anyways. John chapter 20. Take a look at verse 21 with me this morning. It says in John 20, 21, again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. If you have your pen, pencils, highlight, or something that makes a line this morning, would you underline the phrase, I am sending you? you let's pray father thank you for this morning god thank you so much for just this moment god that you've set aside for us god to be able to sit and to be able to receive from you and i pray this morning that you would take your word lord that you would take the notes that you would take just this message and theme lord of living missional lives and and i pray that you would speak to our hearts I pray that every single one of us, God, that we would see as Christians, as believers, that living life on a mission is, is part of what you've called us to do. It's part of how you've called us to live. And so I pray this morning that you would speak to our hearts. And Lord, we love you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. If you're taking notes this morning, you can title this morning's message, Live Missionally. Live missionally. If you've been with us, we are in week two of a three-week um, series, little mini-series that we're doing called Vision. Vision for our church, vision for Coastline, however you want to say it. But what we're doing is we're spending some time together these Sunday mornings to talk about what we believe is the vision, the mission of our church and so if you were with us last Sunday morning, we take a look at the first part of our vision statement of what we feel God has laid on our heart for us as a church, and that was that we are called to think biblically. And so I encourage you, if you're here this morning, but you didn't get to hear last Sunday morning, that you would go online, go on YouTube, um, find the message, and that you would listen to it, because it really reflects what the heart of this church truly is, that we would think biblically. This morning, we're going to take a look at the second part of the, our vision statement, which is to live missionally. Live missionally, and then I encourage you guys to come back next Sunday morning as we take a look at the final and the third piece, which is to love relationally. But this morning, live missionally. When I worked and served at a large church, living missional was the furthest thing from my mind. 
I, I wasn't active in evangelism or mission work because plenty of people were already showing up to church every single week. So I kind of developed this mentality of I'm going to stay in the building and because this thing is big and because this thing is massive, people will naturally be drawn to it. And when they get here, then I'll talk about Jesus. But when we decided to plant this church, when we decided to step out of that environment, the way that we thought about everyday life began to change. You see, we were moving from a mega environment to a planting environment. We, you know, Christine and I, we began to see our life every single day in a completely different way. We were starting a church from the ground up. We moved into a community where we did not know anyone. Yet it was during those early years of Coastline that Christina and I began to live with this missionary mindset or this missional mindset, if you will. We lived the same way that we would live if we went on a 10-day mission trip to a foreign country except the mission trip was here in L.A., and the mission work didn't last for 10 days and then go back to regular life. It was every day. Let me ask you a question this morning. How many of you guys ever been on a mission trip before, a three-day, a weekend, a 10-day? We do that, right? From time to time, an opportunity will present itself, and we either pay for it out of pocket or we raise funds, we write letters, and most of the time, God provides for us to go on a mission trip. And the purpose of the mission trip is to set out for a short period of time to go and spend time in a specific location. And while we're there, every moment, except for the occasional little touristy activity, but for the most part, every moment on the trip is dedicated, it's spent living as a missionary, right? It's spent going out and proclaiming the gospel. It's going out and showing people the love of Christ. It's coming alongside a local church and, you know, helping that church and whatever their mission is. But in reality, you go and you come back. You go you live your life in a missionary mindset for a short period of time, for two weeks, ten days. But then you get to come back to what we consider, or what we would term regular life, normal life, right? And then you go and you talk about, man, that was great. I got to go back there again one day or live like that again one day. But then we kind of settle back into the routine, and maybe every once in a while we'll share the gospel. Maybe every once in a while we'll invite someone to church. But we aren't, we aren't as proactive in that missionary mindset. This morning, I want to challenge you to not immediately dismiss this topic. I know that some of us, we might say, man, I don't like what you're going to talk about this morning. Or I can see where this message is headed and there might be that temptation to automatically tune it out. And some of us might say things this morning like, well, my plate in life is already full. 
I'm already involved in a lot of things, or I have lots of kids, or I have lots of other obligations. And so we very quickly say, you know what, this message might be good for someone who's single, who has lots of time, for maybe someone whose maybe children are grown up already, so they have time to go and do missionary work or whatever the pastor is going to talk about this morning. But some of us might be quick to dismiss the topic because our plate in life is already full. Others of us might be quick to dismiss this topic this morning because of our personality. Some of us might say, well, I'm, you know, one of those who's an introvert, a little bit shy. I find it hard to engage in conversations with people. That's just not my type of thing. I already have my little corner here in church, this thing that I've committed to do here on Sunday mornings. And so some of us might be tempted because of our personality to tune out any talk of missionary work. Some of us might be quick to dismiss this topic this morning because of giftedness. Some of us might automatically right off the bat say, you know what, I don't feel like I have the gift of evangelism. I don't have the gift to go and articulate to people the gospel message. And so some of us this morning might be quick to dismiss the topic because of giftedness. But let me say this this morning. Would you give me your eyes for a moment, church? I want us to see this topic this morning as something that's not for a specific person, something that's for a small, select group of people within the church. But I want you guys this morning to consider that this message, this theme of living missional, that it's something that every single one of us who's called upon the name of Jesus for salvation, that it might be, possibly could be, potentially maybe, might be something for every single one of us. It's possible this morning, I want you to consider this, that what we're going to talk about is a theme that's in Scripture that every single one of us is to do together. You see, I pray that we would see the big picture scripturally of Christianity. Let me start with this this morning. If you're taking notes, let's start with defining this word missional. Though the word missional literally it, it simply means of or relating to a mission. Of or relating to a mission. This word missional has been around since the early 1980s within the church, within the Christian community, and it became a popular Christian buzzword about 10 years ago when many churches were beginning to adopt the missional theology or missional doctrine or missional mindset for their churches. Now, this morning, let me say this, I'm not proposing that we jump on board because being missional was this hip way to go for churches a few years ago. What I'm proposing this morning is that Scripture points to missional living way before the trend ever began. And so some of us might be scared off by the phrase, by the term missional, because right around that same time, 10 years ago, there were other things coming into the church. 
And so last Sunday morning, if you were with us, we were talking about those false teachers, those groups that make their way into a church, right? That was our, our, our main topic last Sunday morning. And around that same time there, about 10 years ago, as missional churches were starting to become more present or more talked about, there were other things that were starting to pop up, things like the emerging church. How many of you guys remember that little season, right? The emerging church, and there, 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 there was other things that... Um, there was the um, Prosperity Church. You, you guys have heard that one. There, there were these things that were popping up that were obviously unhealthy. They weren't biblically sound. So let me say this this morning. What I'm not asking us to do this morning is to adopt a new line of, of thinking. I'm not asking us to jump on board this morning with a new line of missional doctrine. But what I am saying this morning is I want to keep it simple. Not looking to jump on any trends or some, any, some, some new thing in the last 20 years. What I am asking us to do is to search the scriptures together this morning to see, to find, if this idea of living with that same missionary mindset every single day in the place where God has called us, not for 10 days, but for every day, if it is biblical. Let me say this this morning. The heart of missional living is this. For decades, there was this mindset of doing the best that you can to bring someone to church, and hopefully when they come, they will get saved, right? That used to be what church was all about, right? We set up churches, and the whole point of the church was bring someone with you. And then if you could somehow get them to the church, if you could somehow get them in the building, then the pastor would take over and the church programs would take over and the crusades would, would happen and that people would be reached. Now let me say this. I, I do believe that God uses churches. Duh. I do believe that God uses pastors, except the one that marries you, I guess, right? But I, I do believe that God uses pastors, and I do believe in evangelists, I do believe in crusades to reach people. But I also believe that too many Christians opt out of seeing themselves as part of the missionary journey. I believe that too many Christians opt out of, of seeing themselves as being a part of the work. Some see like I just invite and then get out of the way. But I believe this morning that really the heart of, one of the heartbeats of our church, one of the things that I prayerfully hope is part of our DNA as a church is that we'd be missional and that we'd have a missionary mindset. You see, there's two ways to view church. The first way that you can view church is that church is a place where Christians huddle and cuddle. Church is where Christians huddle and cuddle. It's really bad out there. It's so dark out there. And so I'm so thankful for our one hour of, of time every single week together, and we huddle and we cuddle 
And man, during that time when Charles says, turn around and greet each other in the name of the Lord, man, that's like my favorite part because that's where we huddle and cuddle and, and everything's just great before we have to go back out there, right? And so that's what we see churches. We huddle and cuddle every single Sunday morning. But there's another phrase that some of us have heard before and maybe some of us might even be familiar with it. Church is a place where we gather to scatter. Or some of you maybe have heard it. Church is a place where we gather and then scatter back to our communities to be a light. Well, let me say this. Why, why, can't both be, why can't both phrases be true? Why can't church be a place where we huddle and, and cuddle, you know, where we encourage each other? where we build each other up in the Lord, where we love each other. We'll talk about that next Sunday morning, huddling and cuddling. So you guys are like, I'm coming next Sunday morning. I like that one. But why can't we be both? Why can't we also be then after the huddling and cuddling be a place where we gather to scatter? You see, that's kind of what happens, isn't it? I don't mean to sound gross this morning, but how many of you guys ever, how many of you guys grew up in homes where you had roaches? Anybody here? Okay, no, no one's going to raise their hand and confess that. Okay. Uh, it's funny. <laughs> you know, that, that's not one of those things you're proud of, but I had roaches. Okay, but it's funny because there was one other person here, I'm not going to say who they are, who actually grew up in the same apartment building as my family and that person went like this when I said it. So, okay, so that right here, okay, listen, you know me. Okay, but anyway, so, um, yeah, so I feel you. So, anyways, but if you happen to live that life, prayerfully you don't live that life anymore, but if you happen to live that life once upon a time, one of the things you know is that when you go to bed, there's always that little, you know, middle-of-the-night trip you take to the kitchen every once in a while, right? We, we, we all do it. And I remember going up when, you know, it'd be 2, 3 in the morning, and I want to go get a glass of water from the kitchen. What do you do? You go, you flip on the light, and those little guys start running. You know what I mean? <laughs> flip on the light. They, they're all gathered in the middle of the kitchen, having their own little version of church, you know, like, like just hanging out. You know, somebody left something on the ground, and they're, they're chilling. And then all of a sudden, you turn on the light, and what do they do? They run. They scatter. You know, some of them to the pots and pans that we're going to use ne the next morning for breakfast. or uh, I mean, some of them into the refrigerator, I, I, whatever it is. Anyways, there's one person in here talking to her daughter like, roaches, you even know what those are. I mean, so they, they, that's how nice their house is. But anyways, <laughs> but... I remember that, that image growing up, so gross, but I, I remember the image flipping the light on and just watching the scattering. Now, in a very weird way this morning, I guess if that analogy is true of the church, then every single one of us is a roach. <laughs> this, is, this is getting profound here this morning. You are likened to a roach. And then the light of Christ comes into your life. And, you, and anyways, listen, gather 
Just th that wasn't in my notes, by the way. That, that, that was off script right there. Anyways, that was off script at his finest. But gather to scatter. That, that's what God has called us to do. We gather on Sundays. We are a church family on Wednesdays. We, in a sense, do life together. But there are moments where God has also called us to go, to be apart during the week, to scatter back into our communities, into our workplaces, into our schools, into wherever it is that you spend your time outside of the gathering. God has called us to scatter. And when we scatter, let me ask you a question, what do you do? What do you do with that time where you are scattered from the rest of your church family? What do you do with that time? How is it spent? What are some of the priorities within that time period? Now, with our text this morning, here in the Gospel of John, Jesus states 40 times that he was sent by the Father. There are 40 different instances here within this one book where Jesus makes reference that the Father has sent him. But he follows it up with a statement here in John chapter 20. Go back with me there this morning and take a look at verse 21. He follows it up with the statement. It would have been really easy for Jesus to give us number 41 in the Father has sent him. But there's something different here about verse 21. John chapter 20, verse 21. Look at it with me. I'm going to read you out of the NIV translation. It says, and again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, number 41 right there. But he follows it up by, say, by saying this. Look at it. He says, I am sending you. I am sending you. So 40 times it's mentioned Jesus being sent, but we see here now that Jesus sort of flips the script. Jesus lets us know that you and I are part of the sending. We are part of his mission. We are part of his work. Specifically, he's talking to disciples, followers. Those who would join in on the mission, he says, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. So being missional, being sent, or having sentness in your life is a characteristic of the church. But let me say this this morning, I believe that it's a characteristic of the church that can become lost. And it's not that we are off wasting time on things that are bad or unnecessary it's simply that some of us maybe have loaded our plates to the point that there's no room to be sent let me give you guys an example how many of you guys have ever been to a brazilian steakhouse right where you have the little flip the card red green we've been there right and so you go to a brazilian steakhouse and you're given a plate and what, you know, I'm just going to say this real quick. You know, if you're Brazilian this morning, this might offend you, but Brazilian people are very sneaky. And so especially the ones here at our church, they're very sneaky guys. Marcel and Alex, you guys are very sneaky. What they do when you go to a Brazilian steakhouse is they give you the plate, 
But before they start bringing out the meats, they send you to the salad bar. You know, have you ever thought, man, how do these places survive serving, serving so much meat? The trick is they push you to the salad bar first. And so you go to the salad bar and you start filling your plate with things that are other than the meat. Right? You put some lettuce on there. The, you know, you put some white rice on there, some, some of the beans, some stroganoff. You know, it's like stroganoff is amazing, except there's only like five little pieces of chicken in there. But I mean, but you put a lot of the juice, a lot of the, and you put it over everything. And, and you, you know, you come back to your table and now it's time for you to get the meat. But this is where they got you. This is where the sneakiness come in. You're already full once the meat starts to come. Because you've already loaded. How many of you guys have ever had this happen to you before, right? You got full before the meat came, right? But you go and your plate is full. And once the actual reason you went to go eat comes, there's no room on the plate. Think about it with me like this. You came for the meat. The meat was the mission. Yet your plate is full of cheese, bread, and plantains. And then all of a sudden, when they come with that little meat stick, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm too full. No more. Now, let's take it to Christianity. You see, if an eater needs to leave room on their plate for meat, a Christian needs to leave room on their plate to be sent. This is what I'm trying to say this morning. Church, please leave room in your life for God to send you. Leave, leave some room. Leave some space. Leave some room to give God an opportunity to do something once you're scattered during the week. But if we pile up the plate, once, once it's time for the meat, once it's time for the mission, there are things we miss out on. Going back to our meat analogy, you know, once they actually bring out the ribeye, once they, I, I, I'm only sharing this story with you because I went to Brazilian uh, last night for dinner. So, I, and so I'll tell you, by the time they brought the beef ribs last night, I was completely full. And that's like my favorite thing on the menu. Leave room on your plate to be sent. Now, where might God send us? What, what might be some of the places that God would use with that room that might be on our plate still? Well, God obviously has sent us into communities. God might, like, you know, they talked about this morning, Charles mentioned the group that he wasn't even a part of yesterday, but he gave a shout out to the, the, the fathers in the room, you know, who went out to the local park. God might even want us to leave a little bit of room on the plate for our messy families, for our loved ones, for our coworkers. How about this one? We can become such workaholics that God might even say, leave a little room on the plate for your own children, for your own marriage. 
this morning, if you didn't get the point, the point is, leave some room on the plate. Because I believe when we leave, when we leave a little room on the plate, Jesus says, just as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. And I pray that there's some room. I remember the month after we moved, um, when we left Calvary South Bay and we moved to Mar Vista. Never even heard of Mar Vista until we were just living there. And Christina came back from the kids' school one day, and she told me that she'd met a mom, and they were going to go running together in Culver City. And so, you know, the day came, Christina met the mom, and the, mom dis- the other mom decided she was going to drive. And so Christina jumps in her car, and they went to a park there in Culver City. Christina came back later on in the day, and I asked her, well, how'd it go? You know, and she said, it was strange. It was strange. And I said, well, what, what do you mean it was strange? She said, when we pulled up to the park, the mom took out some weed in the parking lot and began to smoke it. And then she looked at me and she offered me some. And so I tried it. No, 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 that, that, that didn't happen. You know, I got to be all things to all men. No, 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 no. Smoker to the smokers, toker to the tokers. Okay, but listen, she obviously, Christina declined. And that was our first taste of everyday mission life, missionary life in, in, our, in our new context, in our, in our new setting. And it didn't go exactly close as she planned, but it's crazy because there was just this open door through running, through being sent, through having a little bit of, little bit of room on the plate to make room for this mom. And it wasn't like she went and, you know, I'm going to go into her world, into her dark world, into some secret warehouse and smoke weed with her. It, was, it wasn't even like that. It was just, we're going to go to the park, we're going to run. But through that, it gave, it, it gave, in a sense, Christina access into this woman's life. And then little by little, over the couple of years that she continued to be a part of our life, Christina was able to minister to her. You know, when, when things went on in this woman's life, guess who the new friend in the, in the neighborhood was, in the community was, that she would text or that she would call. You know, for us, that was a little bit of a sample of what it meant to be on mission every single day. To gather, but then scatter and see what the Lord does. Now, big picture, let's define the mission. Let's define the mission. Let's say this this morning. Jesus is the one with the mission. You know, for us, we might think, man, I have a mission. Well, actually, our mission is to come alongside the one who is on mission. The one who came with the mission. And what was Jesus' mission? Obviously, very simple, right? Luke chapter 19, verse 10. It says, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. That was Jesus' mission. Let's go back to John 20. As the Father has sent me, Jesus speaks, what did the Father send him to do? To seek and to save the lost. Let me give you another one. 1 Timothy chapter 1, 
verse 15. The Father has sent me. What did he send? Why did he send his son? It says in verse 15, here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came or was sent into the world to save sinners. That's the mission. Jesus was sent. So go back to John chapter 20. Take a look at real quick, verse 21. As the Father has sent me to seek and to save the lost, as the Father has sent me to save sinners, so I am what? Sending you. So when we leave a little bit of room in our plate to be sent, what is it that we're being sent to? We're being sent, part of what God has called us to do as Christians is to come alongside that mission. And what's that mission? People getting saved. People coming to know Christ. The loss being found. That's part of the mission. You see, the Bible's clear that Jesus was sent to this world. And as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Every single day, he sends us out into the world. And there might not, it might not be like a 10-day mission trip where there's a strict agenda. Okay, we got it all planned out. This is what it's going to look like every single day. But every single day is different. You know, if, if you work in an ambulance company, every single time you get on the ambulance, it's going to look, you can't plan it out, but it's going to look different, and yet you're being sent into the world. A world where there's lost people, where there's sinners. People that need to hear the gospel message and come to know Christ. If you work in, at a park, if you work in a, in, in a, in a space where there, there's community involvement, you're going out into the world that's lost, where there's sinners. And God has strategically placed you there as one who's sent. In fact, let me say this this morning. Those of you that can't figure out why God has you where he has you Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, I'll tell you, if you look at it through this lens, it starts to look a little different, doesn't it? Because all of a sudden, now you're just not looking at the work, but you're looking at, man, there's lost people here. There's lost people. There, there's sinners here. There are people with a need here. And I know where to point them. I know what to tell them. I, I know who to share with them. It's interesting. Some of us might feel like, man, I'm incapable of doing what you're talking about. I hear what you're saying, but I find it going back to our thing this morning, because of personality or because of giftedness, I find it nearly impossible to do what you're trying to say this morning. Well, this is kind of cool. Not only did the Father send Jesus into the world, but the Bible is also clear that the Father has sent this Holy Spirit to the believer. 
in John chapter 15, verses 26 and 27. I'm going to read to you out of a, of a different translation, but it says this. These are Jesus' words. He says, I will send you the helper from the Father. The helper is the spirit of truth who comes from the Father. When he comes, he will tell, he will tell about me. And then in verse 27, it says, And you will tell people about me too, because you have been with me from the beginning. And so the Father sent his Son, and the Father has sent the Spirit of God to every single one of us, so that we would have the help, if you will, that we need to tell people, it says there, about him. To tell people about him. So what are we sent to do in this world? If you're taking notes this morning, there's two main points I want to finish with. There's two main topics or whatever you want to call them that I want to finish with this morning. You see, I believe, let me give them to you right off the bat. I believe that scripture is very clear that we as Christians, we are called to share and to show. Those are the two. We are called to share, and we're called to show. Number one, if you're taking notes, the first point that I want to finish with this morning is, number one, a Christian is called to share. A Christian, a disciple, a follower of Christ is called to share. We are called to share the gospel. You see, sharing the gospel is part of what we are called to do. There, there is no getting out of it. How do I know? Matthew chapter 28. Right? We're to go into, you know, we're to go out. We've been commissioned in Matthew 28 to go out and make disciples. To teach them the word of God. To multiply, to duplicate. We've been commissioned to go and to share Go with me over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. A Christian is called to share. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're going to start in verse 17 just to give a little bit of context, but we're going to focus on some of the later verses. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, start with me in verse 17. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who's reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. And he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. And so part of being new in Christ, part of coming to know Christ for us, is that we've been reconciled to Christ. The relationship, if you will, at one point, at one time, it was damaged, it was severed. We were alienated. Our sins alienated us from Him. And yet we were reconciled to God. And it says because of that reconciliation, us and Him, we've been given the ministry. Every single Christian, give me a for a moment, church, no matter who you are here, no matter what ministry you're involved in, every single one of us his, has been given, when we came to Christ, the ministry of reconciliation. So don't ever let anybody 
guilt trip you or make you feel bad, like, oh, where do you serve? What do you do? What ministry are you involved in? Oh, I don't know. I haven't jumped on board yet. No, no, no. Every single one of us, we are part of the ministry of reconciliation. Tell people that next time when they want to guilt trip you. You should think about praying. You should pray about serving. I'm in the ministry of reconciliation. Leave me alone. You know, but, but that, that's my ministry. I'm already serving. That's what I'm, I'm ultimately called to, the ministry of reconciliation. Verse 19, that is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. It's been committed to us. It's been given to us. It's what we're called to. Verse 20, now then, because this is our ministry, this is what we're called to, notice the title we're given. It says we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were, or were pleading through us, we implore you on, be Christ, on, behalf of, on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. So I mentioned you have a ministry. There's a ministry that some of us do not know that we have, that we have. And there's also a title that some of us don't know we have, that we have. We are, I mean, some of you came into church this morning like, I'm nothing, I have nothing, I grew up with roaches, you know, so I, you know th th this is just my life, and this is what, you know, I gave my heart to Jesus, well, you know, th this is just me as a Christian, and yet you came this morning, God's like, you got a ministry, you got a title, you have a calling, I, I mean, I really love Sundays because this is just great. We huddle and cuddle, and, and then, but then I got to go back out there, and I can't wait again until next Sunday. It's like, man, wait, when we scatter, I have a mission? Wait, 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 hold on. I hate my job, but there's a reason God has me on my job. There's things I'm involved in because I don't know how to say no, but, man, there's a reason why I'm involved in those things. All of a sudden, it kind of opens up your eyes. I have a ministry, and I have a position. I have a title. I'm an ambassador for Christ. Now, no, no, let me share with you real quickly. Let me read for you real quickly what an ambassador is. An ambassador is a respected official acting as a representative of a nation. An ambassador is someone who was sent to a foreign land and the ambassador's role is to reflect on the reflect the official position of the sovereign body that gave him authority. Kind of sounds like a Christian, doesn't it? We are God's representatives to a foreign land and we come in that position because someone who's divine, someone who's sovereign has given us the authority to be an ambassador. Every single day, I would encourage you to live as an ambassador for Christ. Now, what does an ambassador do? An ambassador talks to people. An ambassador meets with people. 
an, inv- an ambassador sees opportunities to represent the one who has sent them. So as my Father has sent me, what? I send you. Ambassador for Christ. One who's sent. One who's strategically placed in wherever it is that you scatter to during the week. Leaving enough room on the plate to fulfill the position, to fulfill the ministry. And let me go back to something I said a few moments ago, and I want to drive it home again. And all of this, you don't have to do on your own. It's not something you have to figure out. It's not something you have to try and get enough courage to do. You're empowered by the Spirit of God to be an ambassador. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. The early church was told, when you, receive the, when you, receive, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be witnesses, or you will be my witnesses, my ambassadors, my sent people, in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Listen, that verse, this statement, was being written or talked to or proclaimed to people who are already in Jerusalem. So you will be my ambassadors, my witnesses, my sent people in Jerusalem. What's the point? The Holy Spirit will give you the power to be a ambassador in your community, in your hometown, in your Jerusalem. So number one, this morning, a Christian is called to share. A Christian is called to share. We're called to share the gospel. Number two, this morning, and this is where we finish, number two, if you're taking notes, a Christian is called to show A Christian is called to show. We are called to show the love of Christ. And we are called to show the gospel lived out in our life. A Christian is called to show. Go with me over to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5 should be to the left there in your Bible. A Christian is called to show. To share and to show. Matthew chapter 5. We all know the text. It says in verse 14. Matthew chapter 5 verse 14. It says, You are the light of the world. A city that's set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Verse 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. There goes the mission again. The mission of Christ, seek, save the lost. Save sinners. Another way of saying it, so that people would come to glorify our Father in heaven. It's all part of the same mission. We are called to show. We're called to show the love of Christ. We're called to show the gospel lived out in an everyday context. 
Here Jesus is speaking to a crowd of ordinary people. This wasn't just the 12, but this was a gathering of people who'd come to hear what is referred to as the Sermon on the Mount. And as Jesus is talking to this crowd, one of the things that he says to them is he says, hey, I want you to know what you are. You are the light of the world. You're the light of the world. Even today, the message, the verse, the proclamation that Jesus says here, it's still very true for you and me. You see, God intends, God desires to get the gospel message out, not just through pastors and and specific missionaries, but he wants to get the gospel message out through all those who love the Lord, who, through all those who would be a part of the church. This morning, as we close, let me give you guys three ways in how we can be a light to the world. I want to finish with these three thoughts this morning. How can we be a light? How can we show? How can we show the gospel? How can we show the love of Christ? Number one, how can we be a light to the world? Number one, share our faith. Share our faith. We talked about sharing. We talked about saying, speaking. Give me your eyes for a moment, church. Sharing the gospel, for some of us, because of personality and things like that, we might feel like it's something that we could never do. We might, we might <laughs> for some of us, it might feel so daunting to even consider, I mean, we, we might have a panic attack, even the thought of sharing the gospel, right? Because that's just the way we're built. That, that's our DNA as a person. But let me say this, sharing the gospel doesn't mean that we have to stand on a big street with the bullhorn in our hands and yell at cars as they're driving by. Because some of us, we, I mean, for some of us, that might be, we might think, man, that's the way people share the gospel, right? That might be the image that we have, and I could never do that. That's not, I mean, if somebody feels that that's effective way to share the gospel, then more power to them. That's their ministry of reconciliation. But it doesn't have to look like that. Some of us might think, man, sharing the gospel, that means i got to go and approach strangers in public and hand them literature. Because maybe that's what you've seen, you know, share the gospel looks like. It doesn't have to look like that either. Yet if somebody feels that that's what God has called them to do to effectively share the gospel, then that's great. Sharing the gospel is simply letting people, showing people that your life has been changed by Jesus. And living a life that, that where you're showing the gospel through the way you live, through the change, that it makes people curious. It makes people ask questions. And then at that point, you're ready to share. That's not standing on a street corner. That's not passing out literature in public places. It's simply just being a human conversation, right? Talking to people. It's just, it's just normal life.
talking to people. But when people ask, be ready to tell them why you're different. Why you're not the same guy, the same woman. That has nothing to do with personality. That's, you're, you're just a person. And a person talks to people. Number one, share your faith in Christ. Number two, take light where it's dark. How are we to be a light to the world? Take light where it's dark. You know, during COVID, I mean, I guess we still are in COVID, but when we were, at, when we were in the, the early stage of the COVID, how many of us felt so alienated, right? We felt like, man, I'm just here in my house. I'm away from people, away from them. And there was no taking anything to anywhere during that time, right? Well, it's interesting. Even apart from COVID, some of us can live very alienated lives where we don't go to certain places, where we don't hang around certain people. We're homeschooled, we, re- we work remotely, and we just go to church on Sundays, and that's my whole life. And it's like, I just got to be very careful out there. But I believe as light, we need to go where it's dark. And I'm not talking about clubs and gentlemen's places. I got to go to the dark, you know. Our next men's ministry, we're going to dark places, because pastor said, no, 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 I'm not even talking about that. I'm just talking about, it's just dark everywhere. There's people who don't know the Lord. There's an unsaved world. And we need to be careful. We need to go back to the word we talked about in the past couple weeks. We need to walk circumspectly, right? Watch every single step. But we can't live in isolation. And everything in our world involves living in a Christian bubble. We need to meet the mom at the school who might, when we get in her car, offer us some weed. I only hang out with Christian moms and in mommy clubs. No, 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 no. Christian mommy clubs, by the way. No, no, no. We need to be taking the light because we are light to where it's dark. I only work for Christian companies. No, I, you know, Christian.com. That's what I work for. You know, as I, I live in my little bubble. No, we need to take the light where it's dark. And then number three, and, we'll, and then we pray, we need to shine together as the church. How are we the light of the world? We shine together as the church. The illustration that Jesus gives here in our text is that, you know, we're, we're, we're a city on a hill. You guys can close your Bibles. That's the image that I want to leave you with this morning. We are a city on a hill. If you've ever been on a cliff that overlooks the city, one of the cool parts about looking out into the city is our, there's all these little lights, right? All these little homes that represent these little tiny light sources. But when you're in a really dark place and you overlook, it kind of looks like just this big old glow, doesn't it? Kind of looks like just this big old, I mean, I, I know that they're all, they're not just one light source, but they're, they're multiple little light sources every, everywhere. But when you look out off the cliff into the city, you just see one big glow. You see, that's the collective 
that's all the houses and that's all the communities with their porch lights on and their cars driving coming together to form one big glow that you see off from a distance. And I believe it's the same thing. God has called us to glow in a sense together. To shine as a church together. And let me leave you with this thought. One church service wasn't enough to be able to pack in everything that I think we needed to talk about this morning on the subject. I believe that there's a further conversation that we as a church need to have on living missional and being light in this world and being ambassadors for Christ with the ministry of reconciliation. And so I'm going to ask you guys to do something and pray about something and pray about possibly committing to do something about this missional living that we're talking about. First, I'm going to ask you to pray about and consider just, and, and all it is is just praying, Lord, make me a missionary today. I, I challenge you to, to do that tomorrow. I challenge you to pray that tomorrow. Lord, make me a missionary today. Wherever I go, wherever you send me, make me a missionary today. And then pray it again on Tuesday when you wake up. And pray it again on Wednesday. Pray, pray it every day. Lord, send me today. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. Lord, send me today. Send me today. And then secondly, I want you to pray, consider gathering with me and some of our core church leadership here as we pray and as we try to figure out what that looks like for our church. As we pray about having a missional emphasis for our ministry. And so two weeks, Sunday, October 17th, after service, I want to have a missions meeting. We don't have a missions ministry. Well, I, th that's the point. Pray about joining me and some of our core leaders as we pray, as we seek the Lord about a missions ministry and what that looks like. And we always hear Charles every single Sunday so faithfully, let's give to the Lord as we impact our community and keep giving to the Lord because we're going to impact that community out there, you know, every single Sunday. Broker, let's pray about giving to the Lord because we're going to, you know, let's help Charles not be a, a faulty salesman. You know, the very thing that Charles encourages us and exhorts us to do, let's figure out together. Let's brainstorm. Let's pray about how we're going to go reach this community. So October 17th, after service, Remember when you guys were having those uh, BBS meetings after church? We'll have, our, we'll, we'll have our first missions meeting after church, and let's see how the Lord would want us to reach the community. All right, and then what about lunch? You go till 12 o'clock. Lunch will be provided, okay? <laughs> lunch will be provided only if you attend. You can't come in the room, grab a chicken strip, and peace, I'm out. No, no, 
you have to, you have to stay, okay? So, but lunch will be provided if you um, want to be a part of that missions ministry. Let, let's do this before we go. Instead of closing up with worship this morning, let's turn to the person next to us, maybe a couple people around us, and let's just pray. Pray for your Monday. Pray for your Tuesday. As the Lord has sent me, so I send you. Just pray. Pray over each other. Lord, send this person. Send this person I'm praying for. And after you're done praying, church is dismissed. So let's gather. Let's gather. Let's gather. And then you guys can scatter. So let's pray.